The Rise of Skywalker is out, and it's time to do a spoiler-free review of the last movie in the Skywalker saga. And I'll go through my top 10 films of 2019. So sit back and enjoy this very special episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. On this very special edition of the podcast, I'll be giving my spoiler-free review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So let's get started. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker came out yesterday here in the UK. It's coming out today in the US. And what do I think of it? So I'm going to I'm going to try and tell you what I thought of this film without spoiling any plot details whatsoever. It's not an easy thing to do because all I really want to do is talk about Star Wars in incredible detail. And I might do that in a in a following in a you know subsequent episode because it's always fun to talk about things in detail but because I know that a lot of people, I mean, most people will probably have seen it by now, but there will still be some people that haven't seen it yet, and they won't want to listen to a spoilery review of the movie. And also, it's not always fair to do that. It's, it's nice to have a big discussion about a film, maybe a couple of days after it's released, just to give people enough time to go to the cinema and see it for themselves. But J.J. Abrams' film is now in cinemas, and it's the final instalment of this new Star Wars trilogy. It's come to an end. It's um, it's a kind of bittersweet moment, isn't it? Because we've been watching these new films. We've been so excited to see Star Wars back in cinemas, new Star Wars characters, new Star Wars story, and uh, and now we've got we've got to the end, which is um, it's sad because who knows what they're going to do next? Kind of the the state of um, of Star Wars is now in a bit of um, well, it's in a state of flux. It's uh, it's not. We don't know whether whether they're going to do another trilogy after this. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to, but um, at the moment, people are not even sure if Kathleen Kennedy is going to stay on as uh, president of Lucasfilm. So, what's going to happen there? Until they've sorted themselves out in that in those areas, then they can't really move ahead with anything. Um, but the J.J. Abrams is back as as a director, and uh, I'll give you. I mean, basically, we all know this. If you've, I mean, um, I suppose it is a spoiler. But if you've watched the trailers, basically everything that's in the trailers, I will, um, and I'm only talking about the main trailers. I'm not talking about the TV spots. I I will talk about um, because they're out there. It's promotional material. But we do. The gist of it is that Palpatine is back. That's the gist of the plot, and they've got to stop or end Palpatine. Basically, this is my first. Pro- it leads me into my first problem with um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Uh, sorry, not The Last Jedi. The, the Rise of Skywalker is that uh, they've brought back Palpatine, which means this film is going to be heavily reliant on fan service. And one of one of the things that I love about um, about The Last Jedi is that, and I mean The Last Jedi in the sense, is that uh, Ryan Johnson, what he did with the Star Wars franchise. Was really try to uh, elevate the the themes and ideas of Star Wars beyond the uh, Skywalker line. So the whole idea in the Last Jedi is that um, is that Rey doesn't come from anywhere, and that you can be something, you can be a powerful Jedi, you can be powerful in the Force without being necessarily a Skywalker. And it's also there's there are lots of elements of 
you know, there's the whole thing that like let the past die kind of idea. And I know people didn't quite like that. And I know people found it a bit, um, a bit difficult to not, not to grasp, but just that idea being like, oh, come on, we, you know, Star Wars is about Sky, the Skywalkers, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, and that's actually that's that's quite limiting. So what what Ryan Johnson was doing with his film was trying to expand it beyond that. But actually, what this film does is take it right back to that. And you know what? It makes sense. It does make sense to do that because ultimately, this this is this is still the Skywalker saga. The original, all these three trilogies that we've had so far, they are about they are about Skywalkers. That it's there. It is the Skywalker story. So it does make sense as far as this, the, the kind of grander scheme of things with this with this particular trilogy and with this particular line of movies, of Star Wars movies, to make the end about the Skywalkers. And that makes sense. So I don't think I'm spoiling much saying that. I mean, the title says it itself. It's The Rise of Skywalker. So... So we have that, and that is kind of uh, that's why I call it a bit of you know a bittersweet moments because it's it's you know it's sad that it's the end and it's sweet because it's actually what Abram what Abrams decided to do is actually bring in re- return it to its roots by by bringing it back to the Skywalker line. The pro- the problem I have with it is it's so heavily reliant on that, and it, there's so much fan service in this film. It is like every other shot is a fan service. There's a fan service moment in it, and that that's fine to an extent. I think I think you can get away with it as much as 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 yeah, as as much as you can. Like when and this film kind of manages to do it, but a friend of mine described it to me in a really interesting way. He said it's a beautiful mess of a movie, and I completely agree with that. The film, first of all, is incredible to to look at. I I got to, um I got to watch it in IMAX 3D, and it it looks incredible. I would say, I mean, I did think the Last Jedi was the best looking Star Wars film, and I do still think it is. But the Rise of Skywalker looks it looks brilliant. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful movie, and there's a lot of iconography in it that I really, really enjoyed, and um, bits with Palpatine that I really, really loved, and I thought. It starts. It starts at an eleven. This movie. It's like <laughs> you're put right into it, and the. But then again, I mean, I'm going to say it. The main problem I have with this movie is it just ignores everything done, every good aspect of the Last Jedi. It just completely retcons the Last Jedi, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything in saying that. But I have. I have to say it's. You know, it's a big part of this. Is that every good idea in the Last Jedi is just thrown out in the Rise of Skywalker, and that to me, that to me was sad to see because I, um, again, I've said it time and time again. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of uh, of the Last Jedi. I think it's a fantastic film, and to just ignore everything, every good idea that was put into that movie, because because certain um, a certain well, a, a very kind of vocal minority of the Star Wars fan fan group uh, fandom didn't like this film at all because they couldn't deal with that idea. And I mean, I I get people's criticism of the Last Jedi. I completely understand it. But I have watched that Star Wars film more than any Star Wars film, and I love it even more every single time. And I do stand by uh, my. I think that in 10 years' time, people will look at The Last Jedi and say, 
wow that that was that was the Star Wars film that was the best Star Wars film because I think this this particular Star Wars film the um, Rise of Skywalker actually reminds me a lot of the Revenge of the Sith and uh, and certain aspects the return um, the return of uh, the Jedi there are even certain shots in this movie that are just callbacks direct callbacks to Return of the Jedi. And I get, I get leaning on old on old ideas. I, I get coming back to the past, but I, I do think this film relies far too heavily on that, and it's it, it's just a bit of a shame because there are there are ways to do it, and I think Ryan Johnson did it, and I think the, I don't think he deserved the vitriol, and I think this film is actually suffering a bit because of it. It is it, people are watching this and thinking, wait, wait, hang on, you're basically ignoring everything that came before this. You know, and it it is. I've heard it. I've heard it been described as basically a trilogy within a film, and it kind of is. I will say there are incredible performances in this film. I will say this is this is Daisy Ridley's best movie in as far as Star Wars is concerned in her time as Rey. She's brilliant in this film. Finn is wonderful in this movie. Uh, you know, John Boyega is is fantastic. Poe Dameron get he is. You know, he is a complete character now. And again, Oscar Isaac is fantastic. But above all of them, I'm going to say we have um, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. He is sensational. But I'll go even further and actually say that this film is C-3PO's movie. This is the film where C-3PO, Anthony Daniels, finally gets something to do. And he is just... He is wonderful. His story arc is 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 very intriguing in this movie, and um and I really like it for that. And I really like that they decided to do that with uh, with those particular with those particular characters. Bring them all together. You got you got the main core of characters together, and that is one thing that I do think about the Last Jedi was a bit, you know, they were all separated. But then again, if you look at it in the grander scheme of things, they were separated. They had their own. Each had so much character development in The Last Jedi that they can now do this in The Rise of Skywalker. They can now bring them together and have a, an adventure together. I really like that. I also really like what they did uh, with uh, Leia Organa, with, um, you know, that those scenes are are wonderful. Uh, I mean, there, are, there is a bit of Uncanny Valley going on in certain scenes, um, but that's to be expected. But they managed to bring her in and actually give her a proper character arc which I, I really liked as well. I thought that was a really a really good and um, sensitive way to uh, to really kind of tackle the character and to give the character a proper ending that she deserves. And uh, a lot of this is is I, I will say it is a fascinating sorry it's a satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga as a whole. But there are big big problems with this film. Um, the it kind of it kind of gets away with because it does it leans on that fan service it leans on the fact that this is the last Star Wars film in this saga and the in the Skywalker saga it and it, but it does deliver as well <laughs> and I was you know I I kind of agree with um, <laughs> with what uh, Richard E Grant said when he posted that that video on uh, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. You know, you do laugh, you do cry, you do punch the air. You know, there, there is there there are those moments in this film, and I can't thank J.J. Abrams enough for having done that. 
my reservations are with the film that, it, you know, I've said it time and time again, it is heavily reliant on fan service. It completely um, forgets and just throws out a lot of the the good work done in The Last Jedi. And it is basically, you can tell that J.J. Abrams made this movie, you know, because it is very much like it is in the same realm as The Force Awakens in fan service territory and, and redoing... Um, basically just remaking aspects of the past in Star Wars films, you know, and, and in the original trilogy, there's a lot of that. But the mere fact that Palpatine's back is that. And also, there are, I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but there are things that happen in this film that make you go, really? Really? And, um, I mean, I was. But then you kind of forget it. You, you kind of end up forgetting it because you're invested in what's going on. You're you're just engulfed by Star Wars and by Star Wars lore, and the fact that they bring back certain characters. I'm not going to go into details, but there are things that come back that if you're a Star Wars fan and you've been been invested in Star Wars for as long as someone as I have, then you will get thrills from. But you're also going to get something from it if you're not, if you haven't been so invested. But if you've just been watching these new films, so there's something for everybody in this film. But yeah, it it is a beautiful mess of a movie. It is um, there there are there are problems with it. But then again, there are problems with every single Star Wars movie. But the the main the main uh, I've said it, it uh, the main problem I have with Star Wars: The The Rise of Skywalker is that it it seems to be a reaction to the fan reaction <laughs> to the Last Jedi, and that's never something you should do. You should never go into a movie thinking how am I going to please the fans what you should be doing is going into a movie thinking how am I going to make the best movie possible and that's what's really important here and I think that's the difference between a film like The Last Jedi and a film like The, the, the Rise of Skywalker that is the key difference is that The Last Jedi was made was written by one person directed by one person who had a specific vision for what he wanted to do and where he wanted to take the Star Wars uh, saga. But with J.J. Abrams, it's not that that wasn't the case with him. It was more, it was more, how am I, he had a kind of bigger task on his hands, to be fair, because he's got to round everything up and he's got to finish everything off. But it's more a fact of like, how am I going to make the, f the film that will anger the least amount of Star Wars fans? And that's what he's done, and I've seen some rather sniffy reviews of it, and I've seen some people that have gone completely the other direction and said it's the best Star Wars film ever made. It It's in the middle. It's in the middle. It, it's, it's a very... I, I mean, I'm going to say it, it's going to be in my top 10 films of the year because I think it's incredibly enjoyable, and I do want to see it again. And that, to me, is the, the, uh, the sign of a very good movie, is that you want to go back in. But I will say, I didn't want to see it immediately again afterwards, which is how I felt with The Last Jedi. I thought, I want to see that film immediately after. And I saw, I think I watched that film about five times in the cinema, which is unprecedented for me. Um, I've seen this, the, the Force Awakens three or maybe two, twice in, in the cinema. This film I'll probably see maybe three, maybe three times if I get the chance. You know, and um, that me, I think that in it, in its in itself is evidence that it's kind of in the middle, as far as uh, Star Wars, these Star Wars movies are concerned. I, I would I would put the Force Awakens at the bottom, the Last Jedi at the top, and this one bang in the middle. And uh, I'd also I'd actually put this film behind like Rogue One um, to a certain extent, even though Rogue One in itself is just massive fan service. But I think that's a very 
again a different kind of Star Wars film, which is is what I want to see now. I don't I don't want to see them leaning on aspects of the past. I want to see them push push beyond this. And and I'm hoping that they can do that in the future. I'm hoping that they can really start to go go a bit further into into the Star Wars universe and explore the universe a bit more. Um, but I mean that that there are elements of that in this film, of course. But I think uh, I'd I'd like them to really to really push beyond this and to try and make something that's you know separate from the the Skywalker saga. Now, move on, move beyond it. It's done. It's in cinemas. I highly recommend it. If you can, go and see it in IMAX because it looks great in IMAX. But then again, I think it's going to look great on all screens. It's that kind of film. It's it, you know, re- it's, Say whatever you want about Abrams. He's a fantastic filmmaker. He makes very good-looking films. You know, sometimes his films um, suffer a bit as far as script and plot uh, are concerned, but he can make a very good-looking film and a very engaging movie as well. Anyway, that's that. that, that I think I did that spoiler-free. <laughs> so now I'm going to go and I'm going to do the traditional thing at the end of the year. Now that I've basi- I've basically seen all the movies that I wanted to see and some that I wasn't expecting to see this year. There are two films that I haven't seen that are and they're both Netflix movies actually. It's The Irishman and Marriage Story. They're two films I did want to see before the end of the year and I probably will see them before the end of the year, but you know, they're both quite long. They are on Netflix though, so there's you know, I just didn't get I didn't get around to it. But I am gonna go into my top ten films of the year of two thousand nineteen. This is official kind of small screen top ten films of the year. And uh, I'll go from ten ten to one, basically. So uh in ten I've got Avengers Endgame. Because I mean, again, I, I wasn't I I, I I, let's not say I wasn't blown away by this movie, but it was a film that I was like, I would definitely like to see that in the in in the cinema again. And I was very impressed with how they managed to round off this Avengers kind of saga, <laughs> and uh, and I really thought it was a, a satisfying conclusion to the kind of a Avengers uh, story arc. So in uh, ninth place, I have Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. You know. I've said I've said what I've said about that film. I I do think it's brilliant. Um, I really did enjoy it, but as I mentioned, far too much fan service, and uh, it was it wasn't very kind to the Last Jedi. Let's just say. In number eight, I have Motherless Brooklyn. If you can see Motherless Brooklyn, Edward Norton's film, which he wrote, starred in, and directed, it is wonderful. It's a wonderful noir thriller. We don't see these films these types of films anymore. I highly recommend it. Uh, number seven, I have Joker. So Joker is it's an it, kind of an event film that was people didn't think it was going to be one, but um, it's a wonderful movie with a wonderful performance uh, by Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm pretty sure everyone's seen it. In number six, sixth position, I've got Pain and Gain, not not Pain and Gain, God, Pain and Glory, <laughs> Pain and Glory, which is uh, Pedro Almodovar's film with an incredible central performance by Antonio Banderas. I I would give him the Oscar because I think he's wonderful in that film. It's kind of a um, it's I think it is semi autobiographical as far as Aldomar is concerned, and uh, I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful film about about humanity and about what it's like aging, and you know it, it's it's just it's just wonderful. I think everybody should see it. In number five, I've got John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum, best action movie of the year, hands down. 
wow, what a movie, what an action movie, what a performance by Keanu Reeves. Best one of the he is along with Tom Cruise. I think he is one of the best action movie stars uh, in 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 the world today. Uh, in number five, I've got The Nightingale, which is the I think I think the most important film of the year as far as uh, the story is concerned and what it's t- saying. It is a difficult watch. I have said uh, I'm trying to put movies in here that I would want to watch again and again and again. I'm not going to say I'm going to wa- want to watch The Nightingale over and over again, but it is a wonderful movie. Um, it's a, it's a hard movie. It's a hard watch. It's not for everybody. It is for me. I love Jennifer Kent. She directed The Babadook before, and she, this is her second um, feature-length movie. It is it is incredible. It is incredible. Uh, in three, in number three, I've got Monos, which is again a very difficult watch. But this one, I would actually see again. But there, there are. It is akin to kind of a horror movie in certain aspects, but it's not. Uh, I've I reviewed it on the site. I think it is a stunning, stunning work of cinema. And if you can, uh, you know, it's not in cinemas anymore, but if you can try and find it somewhere, please do and please watch it because it is a fabulous, fabulous movie. In number two, I've got Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi's uh, movie. I'm a bit, I'm cheating here because it's not actually coming out in the UK until January, but I got to see it earlier on in the year. And this is the film where I laughed, I cried, I punched the air. You know, that Taika Waititi has made incredible films incredible movies this one is just it's it's i think it's his best film i I was going to say the hunt for the world of people was but i think this is his best film i think it's a it's a it's a difficult film to to tackle but he did it in a way using using comedy using his humor his his specific brand of humor as well fabulous performances a fabulous movie I would see that film time and time again. I love Jojo Rabbit, and um, if you when it comes out, please do go and see it again. I am cheating a bit because it doesn't come out this year, but I had to put it in because it needs to be seen. It needs to be seen. Number one, <laughs> Knives Out. Knives Out is a movie I've seen three times this year already, and um, it's my favorite film of the year. I love it. It's a film that I'm going to watch, I think, time and time again until the day I die. It's it's one of those movies for me. It's a whodunit. It's Ryan Johnson at his best. He is a wonderful di- um, filmmaker. He's a wonderful writer. He's a clever guy. He's got an incredible cast, wonderful, wonderful performances. You've got to watch this for Daniel Craig's accent alone. It is the best, small screens, best film of the year, number one position, Please go and watch it. It's fabulous. It's a wonderful, wonderful film. They're my top 10 films of the year. I'm going to go quickly. I know, I know people don't like this, but I am going to go quickly through my uh, my, ten, my 10 worst films of the year because I have watched some stinkers this year. So, top 10 worst films of the year. I'll go from 10 to 1. In 10, I'll do this quickly. Detective Pikachu. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's fine, but it's not great. In 2, in uh, 9, sorry, Bad Mums 2. Eight, Glass. Seven, Yesterday. That's really did not like Yesterday. Six, Let It Snow. Terrible, terrible Christmas movie. Uh, five, The Lion King. Didn't need to be made. Didn't need to be made. Uh, four, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Awful, awful film. I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> three, uh, three, It's Chapter Two. Not a good film. Really not a good film. Two, Six Underground. Awful movie, awful, awful movie, awful. Um, it's on Netflix. I watched it. I'm not going to watch it again. 
I wasted my <laughs> I wasted a lot of time watching that movie. Number one worst film of 2019, Hellboy. Terrible movie. Terrible, terrible film. Um, I mean, I don't like doing top 10 worst films of the year, but there were some bad ones this year, so I thought I thought I'm going to have to do it because, um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I know I've, I've actually heard some people on Twitter saying you shouldn't do top 10 worst films of the year, but I just, I, I put that out there because I, I wrote it down and I thought, yeah, these, these are my worst films of the year. And uh, they're ones to avoid, or if you're curious, watch, because... There are some elements. I mean, there there is there, there is some joy in watching a bad movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe there's some something you can get out of any of those films. But they were my least favorite favorite films of the year. Anyway, that was a lot to get through. This I, I think there'll be one more episode of Small Screen Stories in 2019. I'll do a, a I'll try and do a spoiler review of the Last Jedi. Sorry, of uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and. Um, That'll probably be it, and then 2020's here, so uh, that's exciting, 2020. But, yeah, I merely scratched the surface of everything that was in The Last Jedi and all the great films that came out this year. It's been a fantastic year for film, for cinema. There have been some wonderful movies coming out this year, then some terrible ones as well, but we love that. You know, that's why we love cinema. Check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news features and reviews and you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at smallscreengb thank you so much for listening and uh, hopefully i'll be back here same time well not same time but i, w- I will be back next week hopefully uh, you, i'm edward lauder you can find me on twitter at, uh, at ed lauder um and thank you so much for listening guys and goodbye also yeah maybe may the force be with you yeah gotta end it on that mm-hmm.